and welcome to the Encounter Mercy podcast, the best Catholic podcast in the world. <laughs> wow. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with really? me Father Andy, and we also have Jesse Smanigal from St. Jude the Apostle Parish in Erie, Pennsylvania. How was that intro, guys? I want to do something new for Lent, and I thought this would be really cool. Hype. Lots hype. of hype. Lots of hype. I, I, have, I have no comments other than wow. All right. Well, hey. Well... <laughs> Let, you know, I'm, I think it's the best podcast in the world, at least the best Catholic one. And uh, and so I, yeah, why not proclaim it? Hey, go for it! So, All right, yeah. So um, how <laughs> Lent just started, but how's everyone's Lent going so far? We're we're we're, we're going to be going well here, uh, but we have to get through. We got today is National Umbrella Day. I found out. And uh, I was like w- trying to wonder why it was Umbrella Day in February. But yesterday we celebrated Natural Pizza Day first. So oh. yesterday was Natural Pizza Day. So I was like, that's a good way to like start Lent. Like, like that was my fat, like, I don't know. What was yesterday? Fat Tuesday. Tuesday. That was my fat Tuesday before. So <laughs> we did pizza. Fantastic. Fantastic. What about you, Father Andy? You got anything, uh, any fun statistics or anything like that? Uh, uh, the fun statistic I have is I have, uh, according to my laptop, 19 minutes on battery remaining and I left my charger in Erie. So there's that. Yeah. All right. So yep. Father Andy's not going to make it through the whole entire thing. So at <laughs> no. least, at least Jesse's on tonight. Cause that's going to at least carry the conversation. So, well, and Jesse, Jesse actually did some preparation work. Unlike you and I, not to like, once again, break the fourth wall, but well, he deserves a promotion <laughs> then we'll, we'll pay you more. Two cups of yeah. coffee. Two, yeah, two cups That's of coffee. Right. <laughs> and a good and a, a good pat, firm pat on the back. <laughs> but oh, so today's topic, we're talking about accompaniment, right? So are we talking about music accompaniment? Is that is that what the topic is? We, we could. We could, we could get the guitar out. <laughs> now accompaniment is a, is a really cool topic. It's a, kind of the, the key word. Like discipleship was the key Catholic word for years and uh, accompaniment is kind of the, the new, uh, well, it was started by Francis um, and Francis starts this in the joy of the gospel. Um, if you've not read the joy of the gospel, read the joy of the gospel. Um, this is a phenomenal um, apostolic exhortation. He uses this phrase, um, the art of accompaniment. And I like how he phrases it. Um, it's kind of the new evangelization as he's talking through the whole um uh, joy of the gospel and this art of accompaniment is something where he invites all priests, religious laity um, to reach out, remove our sandals. He says uh, before the sacred ground of one another by, by, by removing our sandals, we become vulnerable. Uh, that image is, you know, kind of missionary. That image is kind of, um, it's like, why, what, what is he really talking about? But he's saying, be vulnerable, be present with each other. Uh, when we, we go into somebody's house, we, you know, take our shoes off. We're, we're there. We're not like waiting to leave and like we're being present. I think present ministry is lacking in our culture today. So that when he talks about uh, the art of accompaniment, it actually means to like walk with somebody, to be with somebody, to be present, to listen to them and to walk good, bad, ugly with them through this life. So that's kind of the, the theme of today and what we're talking about. So whenever I've heard the word accompaniment outside of the music world, uh, I always think of the road to Damascus and, and Jesus walking along 
and him being really disguised and maybe not necessarily agreeing with with them, but but walking with them. And that's what we're kind of called to do with you know, everyone we encounter that that we uh, we we disagree with or everyone we see going down a bad path. Let's walk with them. It's a it's a way to bring them in um, on their level without like browbeating them. I think uh, oftentimes as Catholics, we get caught up in, um, you know, we have the truth, we have the beauty, and we, we start pounding the pulpit or we start, you know, standing on the box and saying, we have it. But really, this art of accompaniment calls us to get down on everyone's level. Um, it's that uh, mission of evangelization and is to walk with people um, and not necessarily, you know, lay out everything before them, but just walk with them through the mess, through the muck. And that's kind of like what Jesus does with us. Um, you know, Jesus doesn't let us know our future. <laughs> and he kind of just walks with us through this life, you know, kind of nudging us here and there and being with us. Um, spiritual accompaniment leads others closer to God. Um, the accompaniment, uh, it would be counter, uh, counterproductive if it's some kind of like therapy or something like that. It's really to meet people where they are to, walk with them towards Christ. And that's hard. That's, that, that's hard because when you do that, you can be hurt in this, in this life. Oh, sure. And oftentimes as Christians, like that's the hard thing. Like it's one thing to say, Hey, come to mass, but it's another to say, you know what? On Sunday, I really think you should get back to mass. I'm going to come pick you up. I'm going to, let's go out for breakfast afterwards. Let's talk. Like that's the, that's the um, art of love, right? That's that's what he's talking about. Just it's more than just saying, "Hey, we have it here. Let me walk with you." Putting you're making yourself vulnerable, open yourself up because uh, life's messy, and when you get involved in other people's mess, it's it's tough. So Jesse, you, I know you doing youth ministry, and a lot of what you've done has been that. Do you want to share any of your personal experiences? Yeah. Um, you know, the way we, I, we built our youth ministry program was really around a family model. Um, I noticed uh, kids were missing family. That's what it comes down to. And uh, in a culture, the, the devil has destroyed family. Yeah. And with these kids, a lot of them didn't have moms or dads who were in their life. Um, and so what we did was we created a family model. We, we had, you know, Pat who was that kind of grandfather figure and Vicky and Sarah, who were like that mom. And sometimes the kid would gravitate towards Pat and Pat never got up and like did a presentation or, but he was there and you could talk to him and he would walk with you and he would give you advice. And that's really, you know, because the, everybody's like, why was youth group effective? And that's why it wasn't a one person show. It wasn't, you know, yeah, we had multimedia and all this good stuff and, and mission trips and some very powerful moments. But what it was, it was based all in family, walking with these kids. It was going and celebrating, um, you know, different like sporting events with them, but also when they lost a grandparent, being at the funeral home with them, walking with them. Um, that's, that's the tough part. That's the tough part about youth ministry. It's not just putting all this work into making sure their presentation's good and the talk's good. It's really accompanying them through this life, showing them that the church loves them, that God loves them. That's oftentimes what's forgotten. So 
I think of like everything like that you do there, that that's fantastic. But like, how can someone like me or anyone else listening, you know, and you, you, we, we counter broken people all the time. We're broken ourselves. And how, do, how do we reach out? How do we, I mean, do we, do we wait for someone to come to us? Do we intervene if we see something like, wh- where do I even start? Um, first of all, acknowledge that we're all broken. None of us have the answer. Uh, when it comes to accompaniment, oftentimes people, they, they, well, who am I, who am I to help somebody? Um, I don't have that skill set. I'm not a psychologist or a counselor or anything like that. Realize that you're broken. Your experiences are important. What you, you know, reflect upon what you've learned is so important. So when the, the, the time comes, uh, realize that that person, God has sent that person to you for a reason. That's the hard part, accepting that. Um, oftentimes we just push, you know, people off or we don't think we're adequate, but really um, God has given you the gifts and abilities. So acknowledge your own brokenness and dive in, dive in, talk to the person, just be with them. And that's what the, the that's the beauty of the art. It doesn't call it a science of a company. It calls it an art. You'll make mistakes. It, you will just like an artist makes some mistakes. But when you sit back and, you know, and I think about my wife in this instance, uh, she's, she does this like coloring app thing on her phone and she like, she gets right into the details and she's like this little thing, this little color. And, and then when she blows it out, she's like, you see the big picture and it's like, wow, it's really beautiful. And sometimes when you accompany someone, you might be working on a tiny little detail, a little thing that needs fix in their life. So when you blow out, you see the big picture. You're like, wow, you know, I was able to make a difference. I was able to walk with them and see that big picture. Uh, so I guess that would be, you know, another encouragement um, when somebody comes to you and who needs somebody to walk with them is to, you know, not get overwhelmed, but realize there's a big picture here. You might be helping them with one step. You might be helping them with, you know, a, a, a month work of, you know, that's the thing about it. Some people are in your life for a while. Some people are in your life for a long time. Um, so you might be helping them get to the next person, get to the next step that God is sending them. So it might be you uh, for the time being and accept that. So I, I would say that would be the best advice I'd give to you. So I guess, um, Father Andy, we did a podcast on spiritual direction about a year ago. How does this how does accompaniment coincide with spiritual direction? And is it the same thing? Is it different? Is it, I mean, you know, like what, how, is there a connection there? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say when it comes dealing with um, spiritual direction in kind of connection with accompaniment is that um, within spiritual direction, there is accompaniment, right? So you meet the person where they're at, you are there with them in the moment, but it has to go further than that. It has to go to, um, uh, almost like a, a challenge, right? In, a, in accompaniment, we're not really challenging the person um, insofar as uh, like actively working on things with them. Sometimes we're just there with them, right? That's the first step. I would say like this is the first step of introducing someone to it. Um, spiritual direction is going to go a little bit further, right? We're going to start digging deeper into uh, spiritual matters. We're going to go and start talking about, okay, why um, why is it that I pray a particular way? Um how is it that I pray and things like that. Accompaniment is um, starting that first step and then going in deeper 
and trying to encounter the person in a different way. Makes sense. So if I'm someone who's got a lot of zeal and just wants to get out there and evangelize everybody, is this like a good tool? What are some of the, I guess, what are some of the pitfalls you should avoid? And what are some of the uh, like things that could go wrong. Like if I, like me, I get excited about something and then I shove it down somebody's throat and they don't like it. But I'm, and then I'm like, how do you not like this? This is the coolest thing in the world. Um, so like where, like from that aspect, you know, where do you start? Cause we talked about, yeah, it's not browbeating and all that stuff. And, and like me, I get excited about things and that's what I want to do just because I'm like, I just want to share it with you. I want to give you, I want to open the the fire hydrant and just lay it all on you but it often it can be too much. Your, your passion is good. Um, Francis talks about the bedside manner. And oftentimes we want to come in and we want to be the physician. We really want to be the doctor. I want to fix it all for you. And realize that that's not your job. They have a savior. That we're supposed to point them to Christ. So that's our, that's our job. Um, so Francis talks about, you know, people of like, let's say tomorrow I'm, I got cancer. Say I get cancer, and it's terrible, and the doctor comes in. And he's like, "I'm going to do the surgery on you. It's going to be painful. It's going to be months of rehabilitation. It's going to be really tough on you and your family." And you're like, "Why would I? Why would I want to do that?" But if the doctor says, "I'm going to walk you with you through this. Trust me. I'm going to make sure that you have all the right help. I'm going to make sure that." Um, uh, my high, my hands are guided. That person has that sense of um, that sense of trust, but also the sense of that somebody's walking with them. So, first and foremost, that bedside manner will help you avoid any pitfalls because you're coming into it and you're saying, "Okay, we can do this. We can do this together." Uh, one of the things that you know, when I walk with somebody, I do lay out some expectations, what's expected, and be prepared that sometimes those fail. Uh, don't give up. So just like a person going to the gym, you know, they're, you're like, ah, I can go to the gym and I get excited about it and I'm going to change my lifestyles. And then one weekend you fall back into those same habits. And it's having those conversations with the person, asking what motivates them, getting them going in the right direction. So especially if someone's trying to overcome sin in their life, it's the, you know, that full 180 uh, conversion. So oftentimes when when we turn away from sin, we're to do a 90 degree turn. And we're like, okay, I'm going to turn away from sin. And what happens is that person is left empty. And so they go back and they're like, oh, I really miss that sin. That sin filled me up. And so they go back to it. What you need to do to help avoid pitfalls is do a full 180. So when they do the 90 degree turn and they turn away from sin, they turn towards good, they turn towards God. So they fill it with something good. So that's very important to help establish that in their lives. Um, you know, even just simply something as simple as Lent that's coming up. I tell this with the kids, you know, if you're going to cut one hour of your video gaming, put one hour of like maybe you take a half hour and do dishes for your mom that's worked all day and then take a half hour of prayer. So it's constantly setting up those um, checks and balances in their life to help them, uh, let reassure them that you're going to help them. And so that will help you with a lot of pitfalls. Also realize that accompaniment is not always friendship. Oftentimes people confuse that. Friendship is, you know, is mutual. Sometimes with accompaniment, it's one-sided. 
Um, and so you don't want you want to be careful that yes, you are that person's friend, but it's not a friendship sometimes. So making sure that those areas are not gray, that those areas are laid out, you know. I've had people that I've helped out who want to like hang out afterwards and it's like, well, that's not gonna, you know, I, I have to explain them that I'm walking with you and I'm trying to help you with your um, your faith right now. That's important. So there's that sometimes a blurred friendship level with a company. To make. Well, and I think also when you, the way you said it there, you know, setting those expectations, but at the same time for yourself, because if you're spending all this time trying to help this other person, you know, as, as human beings, we want that reciprocated as friends. Right. And so if they're not reciprocating, then it may turn into, it may, you may have some bad thoughts of like, you know, I am doing all this stuff for this guy, but he's not helping me out at all, but that's not the whole point of it. And sure. so, yeah, completely makes sense. So it looks like father yeah. Andy, uh, his computer died. So it's just, it's just us at this point. Right. It was, we're kind of at the, almost the 19 minute mark. So it makes sense, but Oh, he might be back on here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll just keep going. Um, that, that's, oh. that's being that missionary though. That's what Francis is talking about. A missionary doesn't go in. Yeah. They might spark some friendships from their service, but they're going in to help somebody that their mentality is, Oh, I'm going in and Francis is calling us to be missionaries in our backyard. Yeah. Um, that, that's something we always think about like missionaries. Like I'm going to go to Africa or South America. We need missionaries here. There are people in your life right now who need somebody to help serve. A servant leadership is getting in front of um, the ball and pushing it. And other people are going to follow you and say, I- I'm going to, I'm going to get there and push too. So that's the kind of mentality you have to go into it. Yeah. And yeah, mission trips need to really focus more in the local community. I think, um, you know, you think about the, some of these third world countries. Yeah. They need food, water, they need the wells dug, they need that kind of support, but they have more faith than, than your neighbor most of the time, you know, from everything that I've seen. But, um, no, this, this is, this is great. This is good stuff. So what, what kind of really piqued your interest in, in this, in this topic? I know you, you, you pretty much focus your whole life around accompaniment. I know you help probably hundreds, if not thousands of people, um, just in your everyday life. And, and so I, I know that's part of your personality, but like, what is really driving you towards that? It's a lot of reflection about all those who accompanied me throughout my life. And it's a way that, you know, oftentimes we have to question what motivates you in your ministry. Um, sometimes they're not good motivations. So for me, what motivates me to do ministry is to give back. Like I look at my youth minister when I was a kid, he would drive an hour to come pick me up for youth group because we had one car and he'd pick me up and he'd bring me into youth group, drive me a half hour in a, in a church drive me back home and then drive himself home. And I'm like, that's sacrifice for one kid. Right. Like, wow. And then like father Dedish, who through my whole life has been my, my, my mentor. And so all these people who have accompanied me through my life, that this is really big for me. Um, our youth group wasn't a hundred kids. It was seven, eight of us. And so I, I look at that and a little piece of them live, it lives in me. They showed me a piece of Christ in the way they lived their lives, the way they carried themselves. So I want to take that and give that to the next person and to the next person and pass that faith on. And that's how I, that's how I do ministry. That's, that's why this uh, topic is so relevant and so personal to me. 
so Father Andy, what do you, what is some of your experience with accompaniment and, you know, your couple years now as a priest and your life growing up, did you have anybody there um, to help you along? Uh Uh-oh, he has no audio. We lost him. He's gone. He's had had nobody. (laughs) He's had, apparently he's had nobody. (laughs) Oh, poor Father Andy. (laughs) I'll walk with you. So I I would have to say mine were uh, my grandparents. Um, They were, they lived next door and uh, they made sure that my brother and I stayed out of trouble and went to church and make sure we finished our sacraments and they were always there for me. So that's, you know, I am extremely thankful to them. And uh, I have to say, I I don't, I'm not really sure if, you know, I, I can't say that I've really ever accompanied anybody Um, I'm hoping this podcast helps with that, but, um, you know, aside from like a one-on-one thing, that's not something that I, I, it's something that I, maybe I should spend more time on instead of focusing around me and myself and, and all, all that fun stuff. Cause I am a very selfish person. At least that's how I feel sometimes. No, you're getting, you also, you have a new addition. Don't forget that your job is, is your first vocation is father and husband here. And so don't be hard or too hard on yourself. And you're, if you're sitting there tonight listening to us, it's it's okay. You're you're called. There's there's ebbs and flows, right, in the journey. There are some people who are called to walk constantly. You know, I have the I'm very fortunate to work for the church, so that I, that's my whole like job, my my vocation in that sense. But honestly, there is somebody God is preparing you to to help somebody. And it's being aware of that. It's reflecting upon your own life. I've told you know youth throughout the years uh, the struggle that they're struggling with right now, uh, be it if it's you know alcohol or bad parenting or whatever they're they're struggling with or drugs even. You're gonna once you get through this, you're gonna be God is gonna put somebody in your life sometime down the road, and you're gonna be able to look them in the eye and say, I know your pain. And I got through it and I'm going to help you like people help me through it. There's something really powerful there. That's really the grace of, of accompaniment is that authenticity. Uh, you can't be, you cannot be in, insincere about it. Um, especially with teenagers, they will smell insincerity. And so like when you, when you accompany something, it has to be authentic. It's a, that's that word empathy, right? Empathy is something that oftentimes we don't talk enough about. It's feeling someone else's pain, uh, literally to the point. And there's a great story actually about Pope John Paul II. There was a woman who came to him and she was in, in great distress. She came up and as most people do, they go up and they kiss the, the Pope's ring. And when she kissed the Pope's ring, she said she felt all her depression, all her pain and suffering flow out of her. And she saw, I saw him absorb it all, take all that pain and sorrow and suffering onto him physically. And she said, I saw a physical manifestation of that. So there's something about that, that word empathy, where we are able to sincerely feel the person, but also in like what Francis is saying here, take your shoes off and walk with them. So that's, that's, that's really the, the art of it. 
Wow. Well, I think this was a, a great talk tonight. I'm so happy that you were able to come on and talk to us about accompaniment and you know how we can start it. And it doesn't sound like you have to have a degree in theology. It doesn't sound like um, it's it, you really have to make it the most complicated thing in the world. It really can start with your neighbor, your coworker, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, you know, whoever is near you that, that may need some guidance. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Um, so is there anything, uh, before we end the podcast here, is there anything you want to wrap up with or, or plug or anything like that? No, I just, you know, I'm just praying for everybody's Lent. Take Lent serious. Um, we have so many awesome tools for Lent. And I know you guys will go over them in the future podcasts and stuff like that. But just I urge everybody to find something that's going to uh, challenge them because you are called to walk with somebody. Just as, just as, just as much as God's putting peop, good people in your life, you are a good person. So prepare. Get your house in order. Use Lent as an awesome opportunity. Uh, for me, I, I, I love Lent. Um, because it's a time of just stripping things down. And so um, there's a lot of great opportunities and take advantage of the online virtual stuff. I know there's you know, Justin Fatika and Christophonic and everybody's doing their own kind of thing, but find one thing that really helps you. And that, that'd be my thing uh, I want to plug. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Father Andy and I last week, spoke about all the, uh, some of the things you can do for land. We gave like four or five examples of something of things that you can try. And the biggest thing is really don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, and also that this, this Lent can be a redo, re a do over of last year because last year the pandemic hit and sometimes, you know, for some people made Lent the best Lent they've ever had, but others like myself, um, it just was miserable and you gave up on everything that you went into it wanting to do. So, this is a do-over, and this is a chance to, uh, um, you know, to to really focus on making yourself a better Christian, and uh, and yeah, so this is going to be a good Lent. All right, so thanks again, Jesse, for coming on, for and yeah, we look forward to having you on in the future. I know you you've expressed wanting to be on a little bit more, and we will certainly accommodate that. Um, so with that being said, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so. And that way, the podcast episodes are delivered to you each week. Head on over to our website, encountermercy.com, where you can find out a little bit more about us. And you can also listen to the podcast there if you like. And uh, like us on social media. Please interact with us if we ask you a question. We want your feedback. We want everything. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. So with that being said, we're going to let this one ride and everybody have a great night or morning or afternoon, you know, whenever you're listening to this. Bye.